on this week's episode of News of the Week for episode 304 of the YLP podcast. Y'all know it is Saturday, May 8th, 2021, and y'all know damn well I got all the news that's fit for me to talk about. So what is going to be on the docket for this week's episode? Well, of course, coming off of Blood and Guts that went down this past Wednesday night. Before that, AEW came out with some news. And come to find out, double or nothing on Memorial Day weekend will have a full capacity crowd at Daly's Place, according to WrestlingNews.co. We're going to be discussing the entire story, and I'm going to give you my thoughts on how I feel about AEW having a full capacity crowd for Double or Nothing 3. Also, from WrestleTalk, apparently, and no one sent me the damn memo, so I feel some type of way about it, Daniel Bryan's contract actually expired last Friday, according to reports, even though it was reported that it was supposed to expire in September after SummerSlam. So... WWE is taking no chances and they are pushing hard to re-sign Daniel Bryan. We're going to talk about the article from WrestleTalk.com. Y'all know it's going to be a spicy one. Also, big news. Also for WWE from SportsKeeda.com. WWE's got major plans for SummerSlam 2021 and they just revealed it yesterday. We're going to talk about the report from that and everything else in between because as we do know WWE is planning to bring back live events for fans sometime in 2021 and from what I read this possibly may be the kickoff to getting back to live events with fans involved this is definitely going to be one show you may want to listen to over and over again tell a friend to tell a friend about just trust me I got all of this and more. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to kick back, relax, grab yourself a drink and a snack or two, put some earbuds on, and listen to the news of the week. Because once again, this is episode 304 of the YLP podcast. Let's hit that intro. Let's get it started. And with that being said... Let us begin. What's going on, guys? Zach from the Resolutions Podcast here. Welcome to episode 304 of the YLP Podcast. So glad to have you guys here with me on this lovely Saturday. And I hope you're enjoying your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys so much for taking this episode of the podcast. And as always, 
I greatly and truly appreciate it. Just in case you didn't know, you're listening to this episode, of course, on anchor.fm slash young lines perspective, anchor.fm slash WrestleAddict Radio over on ambiguous podcast and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. If you so happen to have any comments, questions, concerns, or anything of the like, do not have to hit your boy up with an email over at younglionsperspective at gmail.com. You can also leave a voice message over on anchor.fm slash younglionsperspective and anchor.fm slash WrestleMania Radio. Leave a comment at ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com. Leave a comment on any of the podcasting distribution sites that we have. All that good stuff. Make sure you leave a great rating. Great comments. Tell the people about the show. Of course. You can also hit your boy up on Twitter at YL Perspective, over on Instagram at Young underscore Lions underscore Perspective, and on Facebook. You can find me there at Young Lions Perspective, all one word, or simply search for Young Lions Perspective Podcast. Again, it is Saturday, May 8th, 2021. I hope you guys had a fantastic week. As you had just heard with the uh, wonderful instrumental from J-Rock entitled Win. I hope you guys actually did something great this week. I had a pretty uh, decent week. Um, I'll discuss what happened on Wednesday uh, towards the end of today's episode uh, with a little message uh, that I actually received from Miss YLP uh, during the week. Uh, May is actually Mental Health Awareness one. So um, I'll be talking to you guys about that uh, down on Wednesday on, uh, on the closing segment of today's episode is a little bit of a motivation for you guys uh, as we go into the new week. But other than that, I'm doing quite well. Hope you're doing fantastic. Uh, it feels interesting um, as of late. Excuse me. Does the fact that, you know, I'm just doing one show a week now and not doing, you know, last week, this week anymore and. Over the past few weeks, I would say the last three, four weeks, I honestly, I'm not even going to lie to you, even transparent, I have not watched a single episode of NXT or AEW at all. I've somewhat skinned with SmackDown. I guess it must have been because of the WrestleMania burnout with uh, four days, you know, four of the last five days, uh, the, you know, the Wednesday, the Thursday, Saturday, Sunday of WrestleMania. I just feel burnout. So, um, I, I'm keeping it in the book with you. I have not really watched any wrestling as of late. If I do decide to catch up on it, I do. But other than that, I've just really been falling back and just, you know, working on other things. You know, gym stuff, life things, um, which I'll be discussing very soon with you guys. Um, I gotta talk about what the WrestleMania Radio team as well, because they don't know. Uh, yeah, big things uh, coming for your boy um, later on in 2021. So, I'll be discussing that when the time is right. Um, also working on a couple, uh, the one project I've been telling you guys about, I've been teasing a little bit, uh, that's going to be coming hopefully very soon. Once I get information on that, I can let you guys know. And, um, yeah. And, and other, and one other big thing that I just discussed with the powers that be the other day. And, uh, yeah, we got something big coming down the line for you guys. So a lot of big things coming up in the coming months of 2021. The summer's going to be fire. This is going to be a great summer, for, I think, for the YLP podcast. This is always this, because summertime is great. And, of course, coming with that comes the three-year anniversary of the YLP podcast, which, if you didn't know, is July 18th. So uh, it will be turning three this coming summer. So I'm quite excited about that. Hopefully, may have something planned big time in the works. We'll see how everything goes about. But, you know, you didn't come here 
to listen to me ramble on about life things in my life, you came here for the news of the week. And as I discussed in the intro to this episode, this week's top story, I think is a really big one. I think it's something that we can all appreciate, love, and embrace. As we head over to WrestlingNews.co, I already have it pulled up because, you know, I got to stay ready for y'all. And let us get into it. I don't even need my professor glasses with this one because the font is just so nice and big. But AEW, double or nothing, will have a full capacity crowd at Daly's Place in Jacksonville, Florida. This is actually from Andrew Ravens, who's actually number two on my list of professional wrestling writers uh, in the game. But no one can touch Mark Middleton. That man is just top tier with his writing. But let's get into it anyway to kick off the news of the week. AEW president Tony Khan shared some good news during an appearance on Wednesday's edition of Sirius XM's Busted Open Radio. The promotion will have a full capacity crowd at their next pay-per-view, Double or Nothing. In addition, there will be a house show the Friday before the show and a fan fest on Saturday. All Elite Wrestling held its first house show last month during WrestleMania weekend, which was also on a Friday night. The pay-per-view event will take place Sunday, May 30th at Daly's Place in Jacksonville, Florida. Just in case you didn't know the day, you can write it down right now, May 30th, which is literally 23 days away. So make your plans for the event accordingly. The The Outdoor Amphitheater holds 5,500 fans. Musician Machine Gun Kelly performed in front front of a full-capacity crowd at the venue last month. Since the COVID-19 pandemic started last year, the promotion has been hosting shows at Daly's Place. Over time, the capacity has been increased. So, the reason I wanted to make this the top story of this week's episode is because we've been discussing, um, if you've been listening to uh, News of the Week, and if you have, much appreciated. If you haven't, this is your first go around. Welcome to the club. Welcome to the YLP realm. I am Mr. YLP himself, by the way. I am the leader of the YLP movement. And uh, I hope you do enjoy your stay. But the one thing we have been discussing and one thing that has been talked about at length, ad nauseum at times, um, is live shows returning, live shows with full, with crowds, and live touring hearing the rumors for some time now that um, AEW wants to start touring at the beginning of the summer, that WWE wants to start touring uh, in, towards July and August, and I'll be discussing um, later on in this episode what's going on with WWE and their plans um, for live shows um, in 2021. We'll be discussing all of that. But I am actually in thumbs up mode with this. 100%. And here and here's the reason why. Now, as we all know, if you've been keeping up with the news as of late, if you don't keep up with the news, it's perfectly fine. More power to you sometimes. Better stay away from the news. Because news is quite depressing and stuff and all that stupid shit. So, you know, you're better off being productive and doing all the cool stuff. Cool, doing cool hobbies, as the cool kids say. They don't they don't really don't say that. I'm a millennial. You know, I don't even say that shit. But, with that being said, I am in favor of this um, entire move by AEW um, with a full capacity crowd. Because we have seen, um, of course, in Florida, 
Um, Governor Ron DeSantis has pretty much lifted mask mandates across the board, um, you know, lifted COVID restrictions, all of this stuff. Now, in Daly's Place, you know, there are packages for fans and seating. Um, you know, they still have sectioned, they have sectioned off areas within Daly's Place, you know, still have a new wearing mask, you know, temperature checks, all that good stuff. But the fact that they're really going to go full send and provide fans an entire huge show, 5,500 strong, is a huge win for professional wrestling as a whole. Because it has been over a year since this COVID-19 pandemic has started. Um, And we honestly need to start getting back to having live crowds. Think about WrestleMania. When they had 25,000 strong both nights, you could feel that energy even if you were at home watching the event. You felt that energy. It was feel good. It felt different. It felt like it was needed. Even at NXT over Stand and Deliver, a live crowd being there felt different. And that energy was there. You could feel that energy oozing through your television screens right to your home. You felt that. I felt the chill up my spine during Stand and Deliver. Uh, their takeover event and WrestleMania both nights. You know, especially when Bad Bunny came out, the crowd went absolutely ballistic for Bad Bunny. And that was probably 100% one of the best entrances of that night, possibly of the entirety of WrestleMania weekend. I'm counting both NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver and WrestleMania. And it kind of gave me that really, really good feeling like, man, this is the energy we have been missing for quite some time. After going through an entire year of having no fans, you could tell immediately early on that that energy wasn't as prevalent. You know what I mean? Now, with AEW wanting to bring back a bigger crowd, of course, they've had you know fans there for some time now and on a consistent basis, and it's been working quite well. Um, DeSantis, of course, lifting restrictions at you know events. You know, Machine Gun Kelly performing in front of a full-capacity crowd last month um, at, with 5,500 strong. And I'm sure MGK was more than happy to have that crowd there. Because it's, it's one thing um, to, you know, be performing and, you know, you're doing a show. And, you know, I've seen some live, live stream stuff. My, my, my boy, uh, Rasheed Rossi, uh, shout out to my homie Rasheed, uh, you know, performing and all that stuff you know, doing a live stream, but it's, it, I'm sure he could tell you it's not the same feeling as it is when there's actual people there watching you perform and giving you more energy to actually turn up and just wow out on a, on your set. You know, as a person who has performed in the past, um, I fed off the energy of the crowd. I really did. Um, and if I, you know, if I, if, if I, I'm pretty much giving the same energy that the crowd is giving me. If the crowd is giving me solid energy, I'm definitely giving you 10 times more because I want you to make sure you're turning up as much as I am on that stage. So this is huge. This is a big deal. You know what I'm saying? If this were any other state, I'm sure a lot of people were probably thinking you're out of your mind, especially with restrictions going on, especially in the state of New Jersey, with New York, Connecticut, Pennsylvania, all that stuff. If they did try to do a show here, um, people will feel some type of way about that. And I would you know, probably be telling y'all, y'all your damn minds, you know, um, I'm hearing, I've heard news that MLW wants to go back to live crowds and live tours and all that. 
and they're supposed to be uh, doing that in sometime in July. I believe July 10th is the date. They'll be in Philly in the ECW arena for their new season of MLW Fusion. So they've got that going for them. Um, you know, of course, you know, with uh, COVID things going on, you know, I think it's 30% capacity. Uh, people still have to wear masks and all that stuff. I don't know how it's going to be with uh, Daily's Place with 5,500 strong. Um, I'm sure, I mean, with that, they've actually been, you know, requiring mask mandates. You know, if you're going to be in Daily's Place, you're going to wear a mask. Um, all that stuff. And the crowd still has been give, feeding that energy into it. You can tell in AEW Dynamite shows that the crowd is giving them so much energy during matches. It, it's it's different um, when they're competing in a crowd where it's just, you know, the AEW uh, roster as opposed to actual fans. This is this is going to be a big, big test for AEW. If they And, you know, I'm sure they're going to keep the people safe. They're going to make sure everybody's, you know, on point, temperature checks, everything, hand sanitizer, and all that shit in between. But you got to think, we need to get back to having actual crowds in the building for shows. It's been over a year, damn it. It's been over a year, and I think it's about time. It's about damn time that we start getting crowds in the seats. That we need to get booties in the seats, okay? Try to keep it as peachy as possible. Um, but we're trying to keep it, you know, we need that crowd. Wrestlers need that crowd. You know, the crowd makes the difference. As I said a little early, a couple minutes ago with Bad Bunny, I don't think the engines would have hit as hard with no crowd as opposed to having actual crowds. Crowd went ballistic for Bad Bunny's entrance. Crowd went ballistic for Damien. Hell, they went, they went ballistic for Damien Priest entrance. They were going, they, you know, they went bonkers for the main event on night one with Sasha and Bianca. And you can feel that. You can feel that electricity, as The Rock would say. You can feel that, you know, that vibe from the crowd that this was something huge. And they made it bigger than it, I guess, the moment was. And for AEW to stick, we're going to hold a full crowd. 5,500 fans in attendance. And we're going to make that happen. You can't be mad at this. Seriously, you can't be mad at this. You really can't. And I mean, as much as I, you know, there are still people out there that are, you know, still feeling kind of suspect about the whole thing, you know. With, with you know, you know, we should be having crowds. We still need to social. Dip. I get that, people. I really do get that, and honestly, I feel you. I understand your argument. Excuse me, but it's gonna get to a point where we need to get back to what we do. We need to get back to socializing. We need to get back with seeing people's friends, meeting up, chilling, cooling, barbecues, family events, weddings, graduations, all that stuff. We need all of this back. Feel me? And this does tie into whole mental health type stuff. So, I'm, like I said, I'm going to be talking about that at the end of today's episode. But we need to get, we need to really start getting people back in the seats. We need to start getting crowds back into the seats, into venues, into events. Because I'm sure the crowd would want to be there with that and being around other people and for the love of professional wrestling and 
the people need it just as much as the wrestlers do. The wrestlers that wrestlers can tell you the crowd does change up the way you go about your performance. Any musician will tell you that. Any you know speaker will tell you that. Any you know politician will tell you that. Crowds make a difference. Crowds do make a difference. And when you go from crowd to no crowd, the vibe is different. It doesn't hit the same. Feel me? So when you go from now, no crowd to an actual crowd, I guarantee you, AEW's roster, whoever is going to be on the card for double or nothing in three weeks, I guarantee you, they are going to give you everything if you're going to be in attendance for the show. They are going to give you their all because they're going to take that energy that you're going to give them and they're going to take that, amplify it, and make the crowd go bananas. Okay? This needs to happen. And the fact that you, you know, we've got this whole situation going on. You know what I mean? We need that. We honestly need that. Because why? That's why. No, I just feel like hitting the Don DeMarco. It deserves a Don DeMarco. 100%. 100%. It deserves a Don DeMarco. I'm, a, I'm just going to hit it again. It deserves that. It really does. It, we, we need this back. We need crowds back in the seats. We need people to get back to coming to shows, enjoying what we love, and that's professional wrestling because... The wrestlers need it. We as fans want to see it. And if we can be there for an event, I promise you, this show is going to be probably one of the best shows of 2021. I guarantee it. Because of the simple fact that they're going to feed, every person that's going to be on the car is going to feed off that energy and give you their best, probably their best performance of the year, probably of their careers. 100%. You know, we we now know Hikaru Shida and Britt Baker are going to be facing you off for the Women's Championship. That's the first match that has been announced. We don't know who Kenny Omega's going to face just yet. Could be Orange Cassidy. It could be Pac. You know, SCU versus Young Bucks. Probably going to be at um, Double or Nothing. Darby Allin might be defending the TNT Championship and what other matches we may have on the card. But I guarantee you, this event is going to be one hell of a night for the fans. And I'm sure that AEW wrestlers are, ch- are, are just birdmanning, with cannot salivating, cannot wait to get in that ring and perform and give the fans their proper best performance for the people. 5,500 people, you know, some may say that's a regular night, but to... Shoot, to the WWE wrestlers at that, that, uh, WrestleMania who was on the card who performed in front of 25,000, I guarantee you they were ecstatic to be performing in front of crowds again. Guarantee you. They were so ecstatic that they want to put on their best performance. When you got a crowd going bananas for a Seth Rollins-Cesaro match, you knew it was real. It's that real. It's that serious. We got to make it happen. We need this to happen. Because if it doesn't, 
If not now, honestly, then when? But that, ladies and gentlemen, is going to conclude our top story for this week's episode of News of the Week for episode 304 of the YLP podcast. When we come back, I got more news. Which I was just going to give you the top story and call it a day. No, sir. No, ma'am. No. No, no. None of that. None of that. No. What am I going to be talking about next segment? Well, I got news from sportskeeda.com. Booker T apparently blast. Impact Wrestling for Kenny Omega's win at Rebellion 2021. I know it's usually not news I discuss, but hey, this is some news that's fit for me to talk about. So you know we're going to talk about some foolishness. Also, we're going to be talking about Daniel Bryan. Of course, his contract apparently expired this on last Friday, and WWE apparently is pushing hard to re-sign Daniel. Brian. Also, Blood and Guts went down on Wednesday, but according to WrestleTalk.com, fans were given refunds after AEW Dynamite Blood and Guts. Why, you ask? I'll discuss all of that in the next segment on the other side of episode 304 of the YLP Podcast. Stay tuned! We'll be right back. Episode 304 of the YLP Podcast. Of course, talking about the news of the week. But before I get into the next statement of news, y'all know I got to talk to y'all about some things, pay the bills and all that good stuff. I want to talk to y'all about my collection. None other than the YLP collection over at young-lions-perspective.creator-spring.com. Ladies and gentlemen, summer is coming. Okay. The doldrums of winter have gone. Spring is here and that means summer ain't too far behind. Ready to creep up. Hope you've been in the gym getting next summer, buddy, right? And if you have, hey, I got plenty of wonderful apparel, accessories, homeware to get you right for the summer looking fresh in that YLP gear. Y'all know I got you know, tank tops for men and women. I got the beach towels representing that YLP movement while you're at the beach getting your tan on, chilling. Now in southern places, you know, it still may get a little cold. And of course, that means I got the YLP classic pullover hoodie. That should look fresh in the streets. You know what I'm saying? YLP socks, YLP mug, leggings for the ladies. Uh, let the like gym right and all that good stuff. And of course, with mass men, it's still in most of the states. And of course, a good portion of the states across the country. Y'all know I got the YLP face mask as well. All at a very good price. Patrons, of course, get a nice little discount with the code GET. Once you join patreon.com forward slash Wrestle Addict Radio. The mask itself, $9.99. It's black, one size. And of course, it's fit. All of this is fit for a first lifestyle, just like me, Mr. YLP. Excuse me, host of the YLP podcast. Okay, so I got plenty of stuff men, 
women, and of course the young cubs out there, t-shirts for the youngins. Everybody in the family can be fresh in YLP gear. And if you uh, like to get your selfie game on, you know, why don't you post it on your Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, wherever you got, and it's your social media. And feel free to tag your boy at YLP Perspective on Twitter, over on Instagram at Young underscore Lions underscore Perspective. And if you are cool enough to have your face featured on our Wrestle Addict Radio Twitter page, you will get the privilege and honor to be part and be recognized as the top person for hashtag Fashion Friday. So yeah, make sure you head over to young lions perspective springcom Get yourself some YLP gear today and get yourself right for the summer and look fresh in that YLP gear. Let's get back into the news. Starting off with sportskeeda.com's Booker T. Booker T. I love that song. I don't know why I love that song, man. That song is fire. But Booker T blasts Impact Wrestling for Kenny Omega's win at Rebellion 2021. This is from Arpit Shriva Stav. Sounds very regal like. Anyway, let's get into it. Former WWE champion Booker T is not a fan of AEW champion Kenny Omega's recent Impact Wrestling World Championship win at Rebellion 2021. He believes the decision was a major mistake, as it will not benefit Impact in the long run. At Rebellion, Kenny Omega defeated Impact Wrestling Champion Rich Swan, or as, as I like to call him, for uh, you know personally, Rich Homie Swan, in a title versus title match to usher in a new era of pro wrestling. Speaking on his Hall of Fame podcast, Booker T touched upon AEW and Impact Wrestling working together. Booker stated that the moment might be cool for AEW, but does nothing for Impact. He said such a decision works only when both companies are under the same management, saying, quote, I don't know what Impact is thinking right now. Maybe they're thinking about the rub. It's a cool moment for AEW. It's not a cool moment for Impact Wrestling unless I own both companies. And I was working the fans at the same time with both of my companies. For Rich Homie Swan to go out and lose the title to Kenny Omega, it does absolutely nothing, in my opinion. For Impact, end quote. Booker T further criticized Impact Wrestling for letting Rich Homie Swan go down at the pay-per-view, despite him being the promotion's top dog. The WWE legend concluded that if Impact was under his leadership, the franchise player wouldn't have lost the match, end quote. Bottom line, if the champion gets beat, which is supposed to be your franchise player, your number one guy, and then he goes out and gets beat, I could be wrong. But for me, if it was my company, something like that wouldn't have gone down. That's just me, end quote. On a recent episode of Impact Wrestling, a six-way match for the upcoming event Under Siege was announced. So far as we know, um, I'm sure there was another qualifying matchup uh, this past Thursday. I do not know who won that matchup. But so far, Timmy Callahan, Matt Cardona, and Chris Bay have qualified for the Clash. Winner gets the first crack at Kenny Omega for the Impact Wrestling World Championship at a later date. I'm presuming it will be Slammiversary uh, later on this summer. Now, I can see where Booker T is coming from in terms of saying, you know, Rich Swan, Rich Homie Swan, of course, is, you know, shouldn't have gone down like that, shouldn't have lost the world championship to Kenny Omega because he does nothing for the company. 
I see things a little differently. I kind of have to disagree with Mr. Booker T on this one. I think it does wonders for Impact Wrestling because now it puts much more eyes on the product. It's not saying Rich Swan isn't a top draw, can't be a top draw. He won the world championship, beat Moose to unify the championships of the Impact and TNA world titles uh, just about a month or so ago, about a couple months ago, actually, if I'm not mistaken. But... Here's why I think this does well. Anybody and their grandmama know who Kenny Omega is. Okay? I know who Kenny Omega is, as do you, as does probably one of your friends who watches professional wrestling. We know who Kenny Omega is. And I think Impact Wrestling decided to make the decision of Kenny Omega is a name that we know. Kenny Omega is a big name around the world. Having him as our company's champion will bring more eyes to the product. That's kind of how they saw it. They felt that, in their mind, if we gave Kenny Omega the rub to put him over, more people would want to watch Impact Wrestling and see that Kenny Omega, who is the current AEW World Champion right now and also the current AAA Mega Champion, came over to Impact and took that company's championship. Now comes the question of who is going to be the one to take the title off of Kenny Omega. It puts more eyes on Impact Wrestling. At least it should in, you know, in the way I'm thinking it's supposed to. Again, Kenny Omega is one of the biggest names in the world right now. Some people would say he is the best professional wrestler in the world today. Some would say that. Um, I would definitely put him in my top five right now in the world, 100%. Where he would stand, I don't know. I haven't really made that list up in my head just yet. But he is one of the best in the world. And name recognition does go a long way. Think about it. Think about it in terms of boxing, right? When Mike Tyson, in his heyday, was defending the heavyweight championship, you were going to watch that fight, whether you liked him or not. Floyd Mayweather, now he's supposed to be facing Jake Paul, um sometime this year. I believe in June or something like that. I'm not exactly sure. Fill me in on all of that if you know all about that. Um, voice message or uh, email if you if you like. Um, he's facing Jake Paul in Miami in an exhibition fight. He's a big draw. One of the biggest draws in boxing, period. Same thing with Oscar De La Hoya in his time. Manny Pacquiao, Anthony Joshua, Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder before he got got the SmackDown laid on him by Tyson Fury uh, last year. Don't be wearing that 20 pounds of uh, stuff to the ring and you could probably have a chance to win a title. Um, the Klitschko's, even. Lennox Lewis. Any, name any legend back in the day. Uh, Dur- you know, Duran, Hagler, Hearns, Sugar Ray Leonard, Muhammad Ali. Anytime you heard a particular name right now in the game, you know, a Golovkin, anything like that, any big name, you were going to watch that fight. Same thing with MMA, when, Ra- when Ronda Rousey was in her head, you know, and she was defending the championship, and she was putting on fights. She was a big draw. You know, Chuck Liddell, Tito Ortiz, Randy Couture, Anderson Silva, when he was middleweight champion, running shit. Israel Adesanya now, John Jones, Stephen Miocic, 
when you see a big name on the card, you're going to watch the fight. Right? Right or wrong? Impact decided this was a way to get their get people over to see the product because fans know Kenny Omega. Will it work? It remains to be seen. But I think that's a main reason why Kenny Omega, they had Kenny Omega win the championship. Because of the fact that it's name recognition. And also now he went over to another company and took that brand's championship. Now you got Moose, Trey Miguel, Chris Saban, Chris Bay, Sammy Callahan, and uh, Matt Cardona. I just saw the little thing come across my screen, so that's why uh, I, I now know the six. But you're now having impact. Try to figure out a way to figure out their next contender to get to be the one to take the title off of Kenny Omega. And think about it like this too: whoever is the one to take the title off Kenny Omega, they will get a hell of a rub as well. Okay, this is not just you know thinking that. You know, it shouldn't have happened. Franchise player goes down. It's name recognition, and now you're bringing more eyes to the product. That's just how I see it. I think that's what AEW, not AEW, uh, Impact was looking for in making Kenny Omega their top champion. And I think if it, if they do it right, this could really pay big dividends for Impact Wrestling down the line for Kenny Omega's title reign and for the person that takes the title who takes the title off of Kenny Omega. But we shall move on though. From WrestleTalk.com, this was a big deal uh, when we found this out, with uh, Daniel Bryan and his contract expiring, actually, last Friday in his after his loss to Roman Reigns and him being banished from SmackDown. It looks, to, looks as if WWE is pushing hard to re-sign Daniel Bryan. This is over on WrestleTalk.com from Sanchez Taylor. After the reported Daniel Bryan contract expiration, a recent report has noted that WWE are pushing hard to re-sign the former champion. WWE champion, I should say. I'm sorry. It was previously reported that Daniel Bryan's WWE contract expired following his high-stakes Universal Championship match. It has now been noted that WWE are eager for the leader of the Yes Movement to officially rejoin the company. According to Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer, WWE are pushing hard to get Bryan to sign a new deal. It is currently unclear whether Brian will return to WWE programming or if he'll part ways with the company once and for all. In recent interviews, Brian noted that his WrestleMania 37 match didn't feel right to him. Explicitly stating his desire to wrestle for other promotions, Brian has recently been interacting and talking about non-WWE performers, feeling speculation. The former WWE champion praised Kenny Omega for his innovative mind not long ago. The AEW World Champion replied to Brian in a friendly manner, leading some fans to suspect that he may be AEW bound. On SmackDown, Brian was defeated by Roman Reigns and was banished from the blue brand indefinitely. After the show, Reigns posted a video to Twitter addressing the situation. The next episode of SmackDown was announced to be a throwback special. A new report has explained what WWE backstage personnel were told about the upcoming nostalgia show. I will read that on my own time, and I suggest you do as well. Um... So I'll just put that up there, hit that hyperlink real quick. Honestly, I'm not sure what they're going to be doing for uh, SmackDown. What they've done with, or should I say, what they've done with SmackDown. Um, Let's 
Ringside news, don't care. Um, Anywho. Now, we talked about this. We actually talked about this, you know, with Daniel Bryan feeling detached from uh, during WrestleMania 37 night two in the main event. And. You know, him saying his desire to wrestle outside of WWE, you know, in certain promotions, dropping names like Jungle Boy and Kenny Omega, wanting to face a couple guys over in CMLL, wanting to go back to ROH, face Rush, all that good stuff. If I were Daniel Bryan, would I want to re-sign with WWE after what I expressed in the interview I had had? And the answer, honestly, if I'm in Daniel Bryan, is no. Not at all. Honestly, I'm being dead-ass serious. If I'm Daniel Bryan right now, and I have all this leverage, I would not re-sign with WWE if I honestly, if I have honest, true desire to want to perform outside of the WWE. I did it before I got into WWE, and I can do it after I leave WWE. And I feel like there's no better time for Daniel Bryan to want to explore those options. Yes, we all love Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, depending on who you ask, you know, if you're an indie person. But honestly, let's let's be, let's facts be facts, people. We always have that question of what if, right? What if I, you know, what if I did this? What if I, you know, had had a, you know, gone this route instead of this route? What if I decided to, you know, date this girl instead of that girl? Or, you know, that guy instead of this guy? Or, you know, what if I took that job? What if I actually moved to that city? You know, what if and what could have happened? I kind of think about the same thing with me when I, um, I like to keep it transparent with y'all. I got arrested uh, back when I was 23 years old. Um, I I call it right wrong place, wrong time. They call it, so they call it a different kind of charge. But, that honestly was kind of the fire starter to make me think about not, join, not joining the Air Force. I was in the process of wanting to get into the Air Force and, you know, wanting to become a role model for my community and actually, you know, wear the blues because the blues are actually sick if you're a person who's in the Air Force. As I, as I have always said, I am the son of airmen. Um, my mother and father were both airmen in the Air Force back in the day before, uh, you know, myself and before uh, Mr. YLP and uh, my sister, you know, sister YLP was, were born. And, you know, I'd always thought maybe it would be cool to, you know, represent the Air Force. And, you know, most of my family's background is in the military. All my uncles and my aunt were in the Army. You know, my mom, my grandmother, you know, not a YLP, was an, was an Army wife. My, my uh, grandfather was a member of the Army. So it goes back very far. Um, unfortunately, like I said, I got arrested. And that wasn't in the cards for me as I had to, of course, pay fines and take every business before I even got back into the debt program. But it was honestly divine intervention because that actually allowed me. And then, of course, like Sandy happened and everything um, and that and working uh, at, you know, at, you know, my job um, allowed me to save up enough money to actually move to Myrtle Beach. So in a sense, it was actually divine intervention. And. My thought process was the time, and I thought about this actually while I was living in Myrtle Beach. What if I actually paid off my fines and took care of business? And 
we're back in the Air Force, what would have happened, you know? It was that question of what if. But I'm thankful that I made the right decision to move to Myrtle Beach and live for three years with two of my best friends in the entire world. Like my best friend Jake and my best friend Sebastian. Like my brother, they're my brothers and I love them dearly for that. And I got to live outside of the state for the first time in my entire life. Those are three of the best, those were three of the best years of my life. I learned a lot about myself. And my mother, Mama Wild B, upon my return, when I moved back to New Jersey, actually said she was proud of me for being able to be self-sufficient. And it's something that I needed. And now I'm more self-sufficient. I'm more of a go-getter, tiny bit of a procrastinator. But still, you know, I did things outside of what I normally would do. You know, I, I, was, I was doing adult shit. So when I think about this story and for Daniel Bryan, I think he, I'm certain he's going to think that what if. What if I stay with WWE? What if I don't do what I need to do out and, you know, face the best outside of WWE? What if I don't face the Kenny Omegas? What if I don't face Jungle Boy? What if I don't go to CMLL or AAA or Ring of Honor? My, make my return to Ring of Honor. Go to New Japan. I'm certain that's creeped up in his mind. And I'm sure WWE is going to throw bundles, bags upon bags of money. Bring back the freaking 18-wheeler and just give him the money. But if I'm Daniel Bryan, honestly, I would decline the offer. So I'm able to go outside of the company and wrestle who I want to face. Have that creative control. Be the American Dragon again. Be Bryan Danielson again. Think about Bryan Danielson coming to AEW. Bryan Danielson coming back to ROH. Brian Danielson going over to Japan and competing. Think about Moxley versus Brian for the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship. Okada, Will Ospreay, Tanahashi. You know what I'm saying? The opportunities for Daniel Bryan are now endless if he decides to go over to another company and compete. He doesn't even have to stay there long. Have a couple of matches in a certain company, bow wow, go to another one. I guarantee you, right now, he's going to take time off. He's going to hang out with his family, with Bree and his two babies, and, and just be a dad and cool out and chill. And if, like I said, if I'm WWE, I know I'm going to be trying to give, you, give him the grandest offer of all time. But if I'm Daniel Bryan, if I'm Brian Danielson, I'm, I'm saying no to the offer. And I'm taking my talents elsewhere. Just me. If you have any thoughts about that, though, hit me up with an email. Hit me up with a voice. Let me know what you think about if you're Daniel Bryan, would you take the offer from WWE or would you want to go somewhere else? I would love to know your thoughts about this. This is the one article I'm saying. Like, If you're, if, if you're Daniel Bryan, what would you do? Where would you go if you reject the offer? And who would you want to face if you were Daniel Bryan? Let me know. Hit me up with an email, younglionsperspective at gmail.com, or leave me a voice message over on Anchor, comment, all that stuff. I want to know what your thoughts are with this, because this is a hot topic um, going to be going forward. And to round out this segment of News of the Week, we all know Blood and Guts went down on Wednesday night. Some would say it's a good match with a shitty ending. <laughs> depending on who you ask. But apparently, from WrestleTalk.com, second one of the day, fans were given refunds 
after AEW Dynamite, Blood and Guts. Take a sip of my Mountain Dew Zero Sugar real quick. Mm, I don't drink soda often. But I'm telling you, even with Zero Sugar, it's lit. But let's get into this article real quick. This is actually from uh, Louis Dangula. According to Dave Meltzer, on the latest Wrestling Observer Radio, the first hour of last night's episode of AEW Dynamite was actually taped a few weeks ago in front of no fans. Interesting, Flex. We shall continue on. Excuse me. Meltzer noted that AEW decided to do this because of how long it was going to take to set up the two rings and cage needed for the blood and guts match which main evented the show. He said, quote, The first hour plus of the show was really interesting because it was all taped with no fans a couple weeks ago. The whole first hour. They did it to pretend it was live, so they actually set up the two rings when they did the taping. Because to set up the cage for the thing would take forever and they couldn't do it live. They just couldn't. So that's why when they did the advertising, they advertised it like it was going to be a one-match show. The idea was a one-match show for the people who bought tickets, and so they wanted to tell everyone. There were people who didn't know, even though it had been advertised that way. Elder also explained that those in attendance for Blood and Guts were played the show on the big screens, so the crowd noise we heard during the first hour of the show was genuine. It was also noted that Tony Khan told people that if they weren't aware beforehand that only the second hour of the show would be live, they would be entitled to a refund. Which five people took up. And Metzler added, quote, And when the show started, Tony Khan, before the cameras went on, just goes, Okay, this is the situation. The first hour of this show is taped. We're going to be playing it on the screens. However, your crowd noise is going to be the crowd noise in this match. So cheer and boo like you would. So the crowd noise was not fake crowd noise. It was the real crowd noise from this crowd. But the matches themselves were taped a couple weeks ago. And he explained before that, if for some reason you didn't hear this and you're unhappy, you can get a refund. And they did give five refunds. End quote. Now, uh, just like I did just with quotes in the, um, the Booker T article, I will say it with this. If I use any quote or any portion of it, please wrestle, please credit WrestleTalk.com for the transcription and the link to this page or I will get to. Anyway. Um... We knew, going into it, this was going to be a legitimate one-match show. The show was based around blood and guts, all that good stuff. So I can understand, you know, if people weren't privy to the matches of um, and not having, not realizing that, you know, this was just going to be the one-match show, the the shows were going to play on the screens, and, you know, they were all taped a few weeks ago all that good stuff because they knew it was going to take time for the uh, the cage to be set up before blood and guts. Understandable. 100% understandable. And he did state, you know, if you feel some type of way, if you didn't know about this at all, and you feel, you feel some type of way, we have no problem giving you guys a refund. Five people didn't realize that was going on and asked for refunds. They got it. I don't know if they stayed for the show, but if they did, regardless, you know, they got a show and they got their money back. Nothing bad at all about that. Hey, my mind, that's a free show. Um, this is not a bad thing. You know, I mean, we got to remember, even on, even with the news, I was keeping up with the news on this. They were booking it as if it were a one-match show anyway, predicated all around 
Blood and Guts. This was the main, main focal point of that show on Wednesday. It was all about the Blood and Guts match. But the, but the smart move on AEW's part was that they didn't just have just the one match on the card. They were able to have a few matches there, even though they were taped prior to the show, um, in, in order to make this a, a legitimate two-hour show so it didn't just have that entire Blood and Guts match, all that good stuff. Which, if you really think about it on AEW's part, that's a smart move. It's a very smart move. Even better was that they actually used the crowd noise of the crowd that was in the crowd that night as actual crowd noise, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, you know, just tape noise. It was the crowd noise that that we got um, on Wednesday was actual crowd noise from the crowd watching the matches on the screens. That's pretty damn cool to me, if I say so myself. So that's a nice, clever way of being able to actually have that, you know, that live crowd feel without there being a live crowd there. Smart move on AEW's part. And, you know, kudos to WWE, kudos to AEW for actually, you know, giving refunds to those who may not have, you know, may be unhappy at the fact that they were only just getting the one match show or, you know, like they said, um, the advertisers is a one match show for the people who bought tickets um, and, if they didn't know it, you know, advertise that way. I mean, kudos, I mean, hundred percent kudos to you know AEW for you know giving the refunds back. If you're unhappy and you didn't know that this was going to be a one match show, we have no problem giving you your money back. So shout out to uh, Tony Khan and them for actually you know giving refunds, and you know that's that's pretty dope. I mean, they you know if fans didn't know, you can get a refund. That's perfectly fine. You know. But I'm really glad they use they, they use their minds the clev- in a clever way to take the matches prior to use the actual crowd as the crowd noise for the show, and then still have blood and guts go on in the main event live that night. Smart move, smart moves all around. So I totally get you know if some people got upset and didn't like the fact that you know you know they were they were thought we're gonna get they were gonna get more than just a one match show. But hey, either way, they stayed for the event, they watched the show, and still got a refund. So that's just me with that. So that's going to conclude this segment of the YLP Podcast. And when we come back, boy, I got some articles to close out this week's episode. From WrestlingInc.com, Paul Heyman comparing working with Roman Reigns to Brock Lesnar. I saw this article, and I'm just thinking, man, that's going to be an interesting read with that. So we'll, we'll glance over that and see what uh, Heyman has to say about working with both men. Unfortunately, though, with COVID and everything, NJPW had to postpone stadium shows in wake of the COVID-19 state of emergency. This actually was announced yesterday. And we got the news from mandatory.com from WrestleZone. We'll discuss all of that and which shows have been postponed. And of course, we are closing out this week's episode. Huge news. Huge, huge news. WWE's major plans for SummerSlam 2021 revealed. It may be three months away, but we still get to find out what WWE is planning on doing for the biggest party of the summer. On the other side of episode 304 of the YLP podcast, we'll be right back.
Welcome back to the YLP Podcast, episode 304, talking about the news of the week. This segment of the show is brought to you by my big homie, Mr. Fretz. Make sure you check out the Fretz Media Podcast every Friday here on Out on Black Radio. Kick off your weekend properly with Fretzelmania Fridays. All the good stuff that you need. Pop culture, wrestling, and everything else in between. Mr. Fretz will do you right. Wow, that came out wrong. But make sure you check out Fretzelmania every single Friday here on WrestleAct Radio. Thank you for the Common Wrestling Podcast. We are here with the final segment of News of the Week for episode 304 of the YLP Podcast. And I could not leave this episode without having some banger ass good news to talk about. And we kicked this segment off with an article from WrestlingInc.com. Paul Heyman compares working with Roman Reigns to Brock Lesnar. This is from Eric Mutta. WWE's Paul Heyman sat down with Stephen Mulhausen of DAZN to talk about his current run with WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns. Mulhausen asked Heyman what differentiated this run with Reigns between some of his other famous runs with CM Punk and most notably Brock Lesnar. Quote, I had the run of a lifetime with Brock Lesnar. What we accomplished in our eight years since we returned in 2012, let alone what we accomplished in the 18 years since 2002. And that includes writing a book together that includes Brock's run in UFC. Many would make the valid claim what would be impossible to top. A near 600-day run as champion, multiple world titles, and the single, single biggest victory of the WWE, which was Brock Lesnar conquering The Undertaker's undefeated streak at WrestleMania 30. Atop that, to compete with that, to follow that, is an impossible task. Can't be done, but that's the goal. That's the vision of where we want with Roman to take Roman Reigns. Quote. According to Heyman, topping his run with Lesnar with Reigns was the next logical step for Reigns' career. Quote. Roman Reigns was also was at a point in his career for WrestleMania main events, scheduled for five, and multiple world championship runs on top since the day he started the main roster. What was left for Roman Reigns to accomplish except the status of the undisputed, uncontroverted GOAT? That is the driving force. That's the ambition. That's the vision. That's the desire. That's the dream. That's the craving. That's the lust. That's the seduction. That's the lore. That is the goal. Every single solitary micro moment that you see, both the character and the man, Roman Reigns untold in front of your eyes. Prior to working with Reigns, Heyman had no plans to get back in front of the camera with someone that wasn't Lesnar. The opportunity to be with someone as driven as Reigns was ultimately too good for Heyman to pass up, saying, quote, That was the only thing that could put me back in front of the camera after my run with Brock Lesnar. Because to me, if I'm not with someone driven, by the ambition of accomplishing the impossible, and it was time to call it a day. But that's Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns was to top everything he's done since he debuted on the main roster. Roman Reigns wants to accomplish and top everything that was done by Bruno San Martino, Hulk Hogan, Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, The Undertaker, Ric Flair. Combine them all. Stack them high. Roman Reigns wants to go to a level all of them together could not, cannot achieve. That's the goal every single solitary micro moment you see him on the camera. That's a level of ambition that I strive for as well. 
It's an honor, a privilege, and a pleasure to collaborate with such a vision, end quote. Heyman was then asked what it would take for Reigns to get to the level of those names like San Martino, Hogan, and Austin. Heyman claimed that you're seeing Reigns do all of that already every week. Quote, I think you're seeing it every Friday on SmackDown. If you take a look at the evolution of the persona since he returned at the end of August, and you watch how, at the beginning, every word was intentional. Every movement has a purpose during his promos, and that we were starting to reveal the dynamic of who this actual human being is. Then, as we got into the rivalry with Jey Uso, and you start to understand he's not just the tribal chief, he's the head of the table, and why he is the head of the table. The explanation of how he feeds not just his own immediate family, how he is responsible for the entire NOI Fatu dynasty, how he takes care of everybody, how everyone relies on him. He continues on to say, what that pressure, indeed that burden must be on a man and how the championship is a must, not just a prop, not just something for me to or him to hold, not just a token that is demonstrative of being the main event, the top attraction in the promotion, but how it is a tool by which he can demonstrate to the world that he is the WrestleMania main event, the champion, the attraction in all of WWE and sports entertainment. Then, as we got into the Kevin Owens situation, and you start to see the sheer savagery of his ambition and why that ambition plays out into the psyche and how it plays out into the psyche of the persona, the character, and the man known as Roman Reigns. Then you get to the WrestleMania main event, and he's against Edge, who's a Hall of Famer, Daniel Bryan, who's a first ballot Hall of Famer. The fact that he then not only defeats them both, but he stacks them in the most declarative dominant pinfall in the history of WrestleMania main events. And oh. Heyman later doubled down the comparisons to Reigns and wrestling greats. He also stated it was because this was a side of Roman Reigns no one had seen before. Quote, Every moment that you see Roman Reigns on television, you are witnessing a character and persona and a human being accomplished Accomplishing that vision of going to a level never achieved by San Martino, Hogan, Austin, Rock, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, John Cena, Ric Flair, etc. You're witnessing it every single time. You're not only seeing another layer evolve, you're seeing another layer get pulled back at the very same time. Onions. I put that in there. The strength from which he dem demonstrates this greatness is at the very same time and quite compelling and riveting, a very vulnerable moment because he's revealing another side of himself to the public. That is authentic. That is genuine. That is really himself, the human being. And it's fascinating to watch and quote. For those of you who don't know, or if you're just new to the wrestling game or haven't watched in a while or whatever. Let's go back to 2002 and what many would probably say is the greatest rookie year in the history of the WWE for the man known as the nightmare of Suplex City, Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar went on to become undisputed champion in his first like six months in the company. Fastest rise to becoming a world champion in the history of the company. Winning at SummerSlam back in 02. Defeating The Rock, who was at the height, bless you, of his career. A meteoric rise that, honestly, no one saw coming. Not many people have seen coming. And it ushered in a very quick era for Brock Lesnar. Over time, 
He became a big fucking deal. He became Brock Lesnar. He became the guy. One of the top guys in the company. Former UFC heavyweight champion. Beating guys the likes of uh, Randy Couture to win a championship. You know, having fights with Frank Mir, Shane Carwin. Becoming the baddest man on the planet. Cain Velasquez, all that. You know? Multiple title reigns. A 600-day title reign. You know? Man did it all. And Paul Heyman was right by his side throughout the entirety of the thing. Of all his runs in WWE. And then you go over to Roman Reigns. And with Roman Reigns, you know, I think the pandemic definitely favored Roman big time. Given the fact that, you know, a lot of people were kind of souring on Roman, how much of a baby face he was, you know, him being handed championships left and right when most fans believe he didn't deserve it. Where fans were booing Roman and truly giving him heat. Not the kind of we hate you because you're a heel heat. More of the on the lines of you need to go away heat because we don't believe you are the guy. Because they didn't portray him as the guy. I was one of those people. Not because of the fact that, you know, I didn't like Roman. I liked Roman. I'm a big fan of Roman, even when he was in the Shield with himself and um, Dean Ambrose and, and Seth Rollins. My mom's a huge fan of Roman Reigns. Probably one of the biggest Roman Reigns fans you will see. Because he got muscles and shit. But the reason most people didn't like Roman was because he was never portrayed as an actual heel. When he had the look of a heel, he had he was he, he was a beast in the ring. I still remember his promo in NXT. You're on my time. This is my time. And you could just tell he was a heel personified. I still say to this day, Roman Reigns should have been the one to break up the shield and join the authority. Seth Rollins was a decent heel, but I knew Roman could be that top heel in the company. And for five, six years, we never got that. And we're starting to get those feelings of they're never going to make him a heel. They were never going to make him a heel along the lights of John Cena, who never was a heel. And we still, I still feel to this day that he should have at least had one heel run in him and embraced the whole, you know, F.U. Cena, Cena sucks, all of that, at least once. We never got it. Now it's kind of like Tom Brady. You know, if you're, if, you, if you're not, you know, if you hate him, it's because he wasn't on your team. If you like him, because he was on your team. Miss YLP herself is a Patriots fan. Huge Patriots fan. And I know she enjoyed those six times winning championships. One of them against my squad, the Seattle Seahawks. And when Roman came back in August of this year, when the rumblings came out, Roman was returning to WWE. My first thought was, 
they have no other choice. Now, I believe I stated this back in the summer of last year. They have no other choice but make Roman heel. If they were going to return him, he had to return as a heel. There's no other way Roman could be there as a heel. Returns to SummerSlam, destroys uh, Strowman and Bray Wyatt. And one week later, Payback becomes the Universal Champion. He then aligns himself with Roman, uh, not Roman, with Paul Heyman. And it became a match made in heaven. It was fantastic. It was perfect. And it was the one of the biggest moments of 2020. Period. Full stop. The fact that Heyman wants to bring Roman Reigns to the heights of the San Martinos and the Austins and the Michaels, the Cena's, the Triple H's, the Rocks, he's well on his way now because he has that heel run going on right now. Every single move is calculated. Every word he says is calculated. Everything he is doing is calculated properly. Heyman is taking Reigns to a place that he, he has never seen before. And hopefully once we get crowds back into the WWE, I think the fans will appreciate it more that Roman is is the guy. We saw a little glimpse of it at WrestleMania. They booed Daniel Bryan. But Roman got the biggest pop of the night. We appreciate what Roman is doing. But But I think we appreciate more of what Paul Heyman has done alongside of Roman since Roman became champion. A heel champion at that. Heyman has done everything Heyman said in this is fantastic. And that's and it's very genuine to what he says. He doesn't just speak to speak, he speaks with purpose. And he even said, the only way I was gonna get back is if I was gonna be working with someone who was as was as driven as Lester. Roman Reigns is driven. He stated himself, he's not going to come back. He, he didn't want to come back during COVID in Mar- that March of last year. Right? He didn't. Came back on his own time. He had, he had twins on the way. He wasn't going to bring that back to his family and risk the safety of his children. I understand that. Roman comes back in August, and ever since then, he has been a monster. The top heel of the entire WWE. He is the best heel in professional wrestling right now, and there's no other argument that can prove me otherwise. Roman is not just a heel champion. He's that cool heel champion. He doesn't rage unless he's in the ring. His promos are very, very cool, very smooth, very, 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 very nice in a way. He has a swagger about him that I've I wanted to see for like six, almost seven years now. And I knew that if they made him a heel, he was going to be the biggest thing in WWE. And look what he has done since. Every person, myself included, who has said Roman needs a heel run has been proven right. I have been proven right. Roman Reigns is a heel, and with Paul Heyman by his side, has been the probably the best duo since Lesnar Heyman back in the day. Now I know I ran a little long on that, and my apologies for that, but I wanted to make sure I got it all out there. And my laptop wants to act stupid. I need my Wi-Fi, thank you. 
one moment. I am terribly sorry for that. It'd be like that sometimes, you know, recording and all that. There we go. But we shall continue on because we got more. We got a couple more articles to go. From mandatory.com slash WrestleZone. New Japan Pro Wrestling postponed stadium shows in wake of COVID-19 state of emergency. This is from Ross Berman. New Japan Pro Wrestling has announced that both Wrestle Grand Slam shows in Yokohama and Tokyo will be postponed. The news was expected as the Japanese government extended this recent state of emergency to try to curb rising cases of COVID-19. And two NJPW wrestlers recently tested positive for the disease. Wrestle Grand Slam in Yokohama Stadium was supposed to take place May 15th, and Wrestle Grand Slam in the Tokyo Dome was supposed to take place on May 29th. Both events were scheduled to be broadcast on NJPWWorld.com and Fight TV. Let me see here. My bad. The original scheduled main event for Tokyo Dome was supposed to be Will Ospreay defending the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship against Kazuchika Okada. Okada was pulled from last this past week's NJPW Wrestling Don Taku due to possible exposure. Here's his full statement from NJPW. Quote, Thank you for your support of New Japan Pro Wrestling. On Friday, May 7th, the Japanese government announced an extension to, to the state of emergency currently in place in Tokyo and other prefectures. In the light of this announcement, as well as current COVID-19 infection status, and in order to prevent any potential further spread of the virus, New Japan Pro Wrestling has arrived at the decision to postpone the WrestleGram Slam events in Yokohama Stadium and the Tokyo Dome previously scheduled for May 15th and 29th, respectively. NJPW deeply apologizes to all fans looking forward to these events for the inconvenience and disappointment caused. New dates for both events are currently being finalized. More information will follow as soon as it becomes available. All tickets for both events will be valid. Please retain your ticket. Any ticket holder who cannot attend at this rescheduled dates will be eligible for a refund. At present, we ask for your understanding and patience until rescheduled dates are confirmed. Keep checking back on NJPW1972.com for further information on Wrestle Grand Slam as well as other events on the NJPW schedule going forward. Now, we had talked about this last week. And if we didn't, we did talk about this at some point. That uh, uh, Japan was becoming was in a state of emergency. Now we did discuss that you know shows on the eighth, ninth, and tenth were going to be postponed. Now this is new news, and we you know now finding out that with the rising cases of COVID nineteen coming into play, the remainder of the bigger shows of May are now canceled, and that sucks. But we do understand we are in pandemic times, and there's going to be times where, you know, shows are going to be canceled. And in Japan, it's still a big deal. Now, we did know, we did discuss before that Tokyo and uh, the Western prefectures, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, uh, were the ones that were, that were pretty much um, the focal points of the state of emergency. Now, the entire country is once again under lockdown to curb uh, COVID-19 diseases. Uh, it sucks because I was definitely looking forward to Wrestle Grand Slam. I'm sure the, 9th, the 29th was going to be the um, big matchup between Okada and Osprey, And this could have been a, a solid match of the year candidate in my eyes because I think Osprey and Okada have done it before and they have absolutely and they killed it. 
couple of times, and they've really done their job. And this was a match I was willing to see. Before now, before the uh, lock, uh, the state of emergency, I should say, um, you know, this is a big deal. Now, unfortunately for Okada, he was pulled from Wrestling Buntaku, bless you, bless you, because of possible exposure to one of the two uh, participants on the card that were. Oh, bless you, Ronnie. Because of uh, possible exposure to one of the opponents that he was supposed to face the card. Or possible exposure from one of the talents of the roster. So I understand that, but it does suck because Wrestle Grand Slam was going to be a big deal uh, in Japan. It was going to be one of their bigger shows. They were trying to be bring us new shows and all that good stuff. So for everybody that's in Japan and for any listener that I do have in Japan, keep your ticket if you plan on going. And once we find out dates, I will make sure to pass that along to all y'all. Um, if you do have NGPW World or if you have Fight TV, uh, once we get the news out of what uh, dates we get and anything in the future, um, I will pass that information along to you as soon as humanly possible. And to end this week's episode of News of the Week and episode 304 of the YLB podcast, we go over to, we go back to sportskita.com. WWE's major plans for SummerSlam 2021 revealed from Vatsal Raton. I probably butchered the whole shit out of that name, but my apologies. Last month's WrestleMania 37 was a monumental event for WWE as it witnessed the return of live fans to the show just for the two-night extravaganza. While WWE has now gone back to having its weekly shows and pay-per-views in the Thunderdome, fans have been wondering when will the company resume its proper touring schedule to organize Raw, SmackDown, live events, and pay-per-views in different cities. As per WrestleVotes, WWE's current plans are for SummerSlam 2021 to be the kickoff of their return to touring. The report also adds that SummerSlam might take place earlier than usual than its usual time of this year, and three to four locations are under consideration to hold WWE's biggest party of the summer, saying, quote, WWE is looking forward, oh, I'm sorry, WWE is looking to have SummerSlam be the official kickoff as a return to touring. With that said, if things work out a certain way, the pay-per-view might even be even earlier than usual this year. I've heard three to four locations are on the table, with one having better odds than the others. End quote. It was earlier reported that WWE is planning to host SummerSlam 2021 in front of a live crowd. It is to be seen what size of the crowd they are allowed while ensuring all the safety measures and guidelines. Now, before the COVID-19 pandemic hit the world, WWE used to follow an intense touring schedule. They traveled from city to city to host Monday Night Raw, Friday Night SmackDown, pay-per-views, and also other live events. Many WWE superstars have spoken about how they have to be on the road for almost the entire year. The general expectation is that when WWE resumes its touring schedule again, it won't be as intense as it used to be earlier. As per Dave Meltzer, when WWE return, returns to touring, this schedule won't be significantly different. Well, Wrestling Observer Radio's Dave Meltzer was told that when WWE returns to touring by August or September, they will never go back to the old schedule, but it won't be significantly different. They will be on the road every weekend for a couple of shows. Now, I'm not exactly sure where WWE SummerSlam is going to be held this year. I won't hold my breath and try to, I won't try to guess where they're going to have it. Um, that's just me personally. 
Okay? I'm not going to try to guess where they're going to have it. There's a couple places I have in mind. Dallas, Miami, Houston, San Antonio, um, possibly invade AEW territory and do Jacksonville, Tampa, you know, because Texas and Florida are open. Um, I'm trying to think of other places where they could do it. Carolinas. That would be a that would be a dope thing, but I'm sure they would want to go huge for Summer uh, for SummerSlam, given the fact that it's a big four event. But I would be open to Texas to surf Florida. I would also be open to Vegas. Allegiant Stadium would be a nice place to have SummerSlam. Me amigos, I'm just saying. I think Las Vegas would be a hell of a date. Just to see how a future WrestleMania could possibly take place. We spoke about this a while back. We know that of uh, WrestleMania's 38 and 39, Dallas and Los Angeles, respectively. And WrestleMania 40, I'm guessing, will be in Las Vegas. That's just my guess personally. Okay? I would love to see a Vegas show. I would love to see SummerSlam in Vegas. Because I would love to see what that would look like. A big four show in a city like Las Vegas. I think that would be fantastic. Especially given the fact that if you're on the strip, the walk is literally 10 minutes from the stadium. From stadium to strip, 10 minutes. 15 if you got to go a little bit further. Right? That's not even an Uber trip. You can hoof that. Now, if you like AC and all that stuff, you can Uber to the stadium, get in, watch the show, walk the strip for the rest of the night, ball out, do fun shit, and you can still kill it. And you still have a, can have a great night. You know? if I'm, if Now, if you're putting gun to my head where I would want to see Wrestle, uh, not WrestleMania, SummerSlam, give me Las Vegas. Give it to me. Give me Vegas. 100% without question. I would love to see it in Vegas. Um, Dallas, Houston, Tampa, Jacksonville, Miami. Give me those. It's either going to be Nevada, Texas, or Florida. I think if they're going to have show, if they're going to have SummerSlam, give me those. Either one of those three states. But if I'm going to have, if I'm going to make a guess right now, which I which I said earlier I wasn't going to, but if I had to make a guess, if you point a gun to my head and say where they're going to have it, I'm going with Vegas. Allegiant Stadium. They just got the they just got the thing built. What better way to have a preview of a possible WrestleMania? than doing SummerSlam in Vegas. I could be wrong. I could be all the way wrong, and they could be doing it somewhere else. But if you're, if I'm WWE, I'm talking to Las Vegas. I'm easily talking to Las Vegas. Because I want to see what that crowd will be like in Vegas. The money that could come to Vegas. I'm talking big money. Because if SummerSlam in Vegas does well, I guarantee you, WWE will think pretty damn quick to want to have an, a WrestleMania show in Las Vegas in 2024. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is going to conclude episode 304 of the YLP podcast. When we come back, we're going to close the show in proper YLP fashion. Get you ready for episode 305 of the YLP podcast. On the other side of this break, we'll be right back. We'll be right back. 
Well, guys, that's going to be it for episode 304 of the YLP Podcast. As always, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are. And the world! Thank you guys so much for taking out this episode of the podcast. And as always, I greatly and truly appreciate it. As I said before, if you have any thoughts, comments, concerns, opinions about today's episode, any of the articles I've discussed, or any news I may have missed, hit me up with an email over at younglinesperspective at gmail.com. You can also leave a voice message over on anchor.fm slash younglinesperspective, anchor.fm slash Radio. Leave a comment over on ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com or anywhere else you listen to the YLP Podcast. If you want to follow me on my social media and stay updated with everything that's going on with the YLP Podcast, you can follow me over on Twitter at YLPerspective. I do live tweeting for NXT every Tuesday, AEW Dynamite every Wednesday, SmackDown Live every Friday night, every AEW pay-per-view, every WWE live pay-per-view, every NXT and NXT UK takeover special. And once we get back into the swing of things, and if I'm up sometime in between the hours of 3 and 5 a.m. on a Saturday or Sunday, I do live stream for New Japan Pro Wrestling as well. If you want to find me over on Instagram, you can follow me over there at young underscore alliance underscore perspective. All the updates, all the 60 second thought videos, and everything else in between. If you want to send me memes, slide into my DMs and send me your best memes. And if I like what you bring to the table, I will feature it on my IG page. Now, lucky for you, Instagram and Facebook are best friends, and all my Instagram posts also go over to my Facebook page. You can find that at Young Lions Perspective, all one word, or simply search for the Young Lions Perspective Podcast. Like the page, share the page, and make damn sure that you follow the page. We have over a hundred followers of the page, and I want to thank every single one of y'all for your continued love and support. Follow me on all these platforms to stay updated with everything that's going on with the YLP Podcast. Of course, if you enjoyed this episode, do not hesitate to tell a friend to tell a friend about the YLP Podcast. Share this episode across all of your social media, of course. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all the alt tags, Parlay, Gab, use your all the alt messaging sites, Signal, WhatsApp, Telegram, Foxer, all that good stuff. Send it through a text message, slide in your friends' DMs, use Facebook Messenger if you must. Get the word out there because even though we are still in pandemic quarantine times, we here at Muscle Radio strive to bring you the best quality, top notch content for your ears to enjoy every single week with the YLB Podcast, the Kings of the Rings Podcast, the Fretzel Media Podcast, and of course, the Light Show with Mance Chapel. We at WrestleEdit Radio strive 100% to be top-notch, A1 like Wagyu, the creme de la creme, the cream of the crop, and recognized undisputedly, yeah, pretty much undisputedly, then, now, and forever, the alternative for professional wrestling podcast, and that we are here to Stay. Now, I know most of y'all 
do not have the Anchor app, and that's perfectly fine. You're not hurt my feelings whatsoever. Everybody has their favorite app for their podcast listening needs. But my friend, my friending, if for some reason you believe we are just all about Anchor.fm and AmbiguousPodcastSolutions.com, hey, you stupid, and, um, okay, you're not stupid. You're foolish as hell for believing that and just out of your damn mind. Because we at WrestleMania Radio are every dang where. And you can find all of our podcasts across many different platforms, including Amazon Music, Audible, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict, Player FM, Podbean, and as always, shout out to the Podbean gang, CastBox FM, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Stitcher Radio, and of course, that good old Spotify fam! Search for the entire family of Wrestle Addict Radio shows, and you should have no problem finding us whatsoever. If you do, don't hesitate to hit us up on our Twitters. You can find me, of course, at YL Perspective, or just hit up Wrestle Addict Radio's Twitter, at Addict underscore Wrestle, and we should have no problem helping you out find all of our shows. Keep up with all these platforms, and stay in tune with Wrestle Addict Radio. I'm going to make sure I fulfill all my obligations for this week's show. And we are looking to the country of Brazil. Obrigado, Brazil. And I believe I'm getting a thumbs up. So, as you know, episode 305 of the YLP Podcast will be taking place next Saturday, the night before WrestleMania Backlash. I don't think I'll have any news on Backlash. We'll see. We'll find out next week. We'll see how everything goes. If we have anything... All that good stuff. We may do a little bit of predictions and preview for Backlash. Probably not, though, because I'm really not interested in this pay-per-view whatsoever. Never had, never will be. Not usually a big fan of the pay-per-view after WrestleMania. So we'll see how it goes, and we'll see. We'll play it by ear as we go. But just so you know about that, that's 305 for next week. But as I said earlier in this episode, um, I was informed by Mrs. YLP after a conversation we had. earlier in the week, that May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and I wanted to give you guys a little insight into Mr. YLP himself's life. Um, This past Wednesday, I had a little bit of an episode. Not like, uh, you know, I was going through some schizophrenic type shit, but I did have a little bit of a very bad mental health day, if you will. Um, I was literally getting prepared for work on Wednesday. I was getting dressed. I sat down to put my socks on, had the coffee going. I had a little protein shake in my belly, you know, get me through the first portion of my day. And for some reasons, just something came over me. Um, It just hit all at once. And it's a feeling I haven't felt since May of last year. If you guys are regular listeners of the podcast, Last year, I had a bit of a mental breakdown. Um, it pretty much got to the point where I was ready to black out and uh, do something I would regret, uh, tarnishing the reputation of WrestleMania Radio and my own as a whole. Um, it wasn't to that extent, but it was something I hadn't felt in quite some time. So I took, I let my boss know I wasn't coming in. I wasn't feeling right. I wasn't feeling well. Um, and plus, with the big wigs coming that day, it definitely would have been a bad idea for me to go into work because it would have been one hell of an episode and something that I may have regretted and possibly would have gotten fired um, because I was not in any shape mentally to even perform the task I was going to do that day. So 
I sat there. I've arrived in for my boss, I walked, uh, Marley. Um, and I sat there in, in the living room for about a half an hour with just TV, no TV. Um, I had my headphones on, but I wasn't playing anything on my YouTube. And I just sat there in silence. And just mental thoughts started going across my head of what I can tell you because it was just racing thoughts. It wasn't like depression or anything of that matter. It was just the body was willing, but the mind was nowhere near. And it was just one of those things where I was just in a very... It wasn't a mean anger kind of mood or anything of the sort. It was just, you know, one of those feelings where I was just not in a right, a good place mentally. And it's one of those things where I believe ever since this whole pandemic started, you know, there have been days where I just haven't felt my best and I'd rather not, you know, go to work and just, you know, be just a lazy little shit. Um, but this particular day, I was in a form where I wasn't myself. I wasn't really just on par mentally. And that was very, it wasn't troublesome, but it was a little bit worrisome to say the least. So I figured I would be better off not, you know, going into work and being, you know, and possibly being in a mood all day and just being very antisocial at work and all that stuff. And I'd rather not take the chance. So I made the right executive decision to not go into work. Um, with this whole entire pandemic, a lot of people, especially early on last year, a lot of people's mental health was kind of, in a word, fucked. You know, not being able to socialize with friends, not being able to see family and visit family and all that stuff. It really messed with a lot of people's heads, especially the younger children. And my worry about this is that, you know, when there's, especially for younger children, it's, you know, interaction is, and social interaction is, is everything, is really everything because these are the formative years where social skills are learned. And if we're not allowing children to go to school or allowing high schoolers to actually be able to go to, you know, see friends in school and interact and all that stuff. And you're now seeing teenage suicide on the rise. You're now seeing depression on the rise. Suicide went up huge last year. And it's a, a lot of underlying issues that it's not being talked about. And it really pisses me off. And as I always say, usually at the end of this, I usually say, you know, stay productive, keep your mind right. But I really want to pass this message along. Keep your mind right. Stay focused. You know, have a have hobbies to keep your mind right. You know, have those hobbies to keep yourself interested and focused on certain things. If you hit the hit the gym, if you must, I hit the gym four times a week, and it does. It has honestly ever since the gyms opened back up in New Jersey in September, I have literally gone every chance I could because I knew it was one of my outlets to let out aggression. Uh, from the day, and I felt so much better because of it, and ever since then, I've really gone hard in the gym, um, so I'm able to have that, I didn't even, even want to go to the gym that day, you know, so what I'm saying to you guys is, you know, with stay still in lockdown, and all of this stuff, it's very imperative that you keep your mental health 
proper. If you need to speak to someone, talk to someone, need a therapist, do so. There are plenty of uh, a simple duck, duck, go search will get you get you on your right path to doing that. Um, talk to friends, keep in touch with them, make sure they're okay. Call family, make sure they're okay. You know, spend this time with your family. Have family outings. If you have a backyard, camp in the backyard. Do fun stuff. You know, visit neighbors. If you can, you know, luckily for me, through the out, throughout last year, I went to what three different states and gone on vacation four times, and it really helped my psyche. It really helped out a lot. Colorado, Maine, and uh, Massachusetts, I went to, you know, and then I came back from Denver late March uh, with Miss uh, hanging out with Miss YLB, and you know. It did wonders for my mental health. It really did. And now, you know, being back home in Jersey, you know, there's been days where I have not felt my best. And I don't sugarcoat shit with y'all. I'm not up to, and there were times where I did not do shows because of it. So if you need help, talk to someone, talk to a therapist, get the help you need. Um, because the last thing we need is more numbers of suicides going up, depression going up, drug usage going up, prescription pills, opioids, all of that stuff. That's the last thing we need in this. And I think it's a, it's a really big issue that no one is really talking about. I'm sure you don't even see it in the news unless you, unless you seek out independent media or anything of that matter. But it is really something that really could get you through a lot of tough times. Mental health is no joke. It's not a joke. It's not a game with that because... That could be the difference between you being able to stay on point and you possibly doing something you may regret and that would cause much more harm to not only yourself, but your family as well and your friends. Stay on point. Keep on point. Stay productive. Stay active. Do what you can. Call a friend. Call a neighbor. Call your family. Make sure they're okay. You know, because the last thing we need is just more numbers in, in the worst way going up. Okay, so with this being Mental Health Awareness Month, get do your research, get up on the facts, um, find out what you can do to keep your mental health on point, and I think that it will do big time wonders for you and everyone else involved. All right. With that being said, y'all, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Kick ass this week. Do great things. Be productive. If you do anything great, hit me up with an email. I'd love to hear your story. I would love to hear how you're you're doing mentally with this pandemic going on and all that stuff. And I'll see you guys right back here next Saturday for episode 305 of the YLP Podcast. See you. This has been a Wrestle Attic Radio branded podcast.